This episode of the Fresh Start Family Show is brought to you by our Quick Start Learning Bundle, how to build a compassionate, firm, and kind discipline toolkit that works with kids of all ages. Head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your Quick Start Bundle so you can get going today on building up a strong, compassionate, disciplined toolkit in your home. Hi there, listeners. It's Wendy, your host, positive parenting educator and family life coach, and I'm really happy that you are here for a new episode. Today on the show, we have Miss Janine Halloran, who is a licensed mental health counselor and someone who's been working with children, teens, and their families for over 20 years, you guys. She loves helping children and teens build their coping skills throughout her career. She's done a variety of things to help families in different settings, including schools and mental health clinics, and now she does amazing work through her private practice. She is the author of several books, including the best-selling Coping Skills for Kids workbook and Coping Skills for Teens workbook. Her work has been featured in the Boston Globe, CNN, Huffington Post, and the Skim newsletter. She lives in Massachusetts with her husband and two children, and my goodness, you guys, we just had the best conversation around coping skills, what healthy coping skills look like for kids and adults, too. And so I'm really excited for you to listen to this episode. I think what you hear us chat about is really going to help you just get some creativity going for ways that you and your children can get through those rocky moments where there's big emotions or letdowns or disappointments or even disagreements, whatever it may be. Janine is just really a soft-hearted and really wise helper of the world, and I just love the work that she's doing. So I hope that you enjoy this conversation. And if you really love hearing from Janine, I was on her podcast episode 108. She has a show called Calm and Connected. And like I said, I just think you're going to love her energy and her wisdom. And so go check out that episode. We talked about raising cactus kids, and that conversation was really, really good. So those of you who have strong-willed kids, you would probably enjoy hearing our conversation that we had when she interviewed me for her podcast, Calm and Connected. But we'll make sure that we put that in the show notes. And as always, you guys, if you are not on our email list, make sure you head on over to the website, freshstartfamilyonline.com and grab our free learning guide. It's a great way to hop on our email list just so we're able to communicate with you every week. We always send out notifications of our new podcast episodes. And also sometimes we do other things like we'll write blog posts or I'll be featured on somebody else's blog or podcast. And we always let our email subscribers know about those type of things. And then also we do some some big promotions sometimes. And is our email list that always is notified of when we're having sales on our programs or when we're having free events. I often do free, you know, mini courses or online workshops. And if you're on the email list, that is the best way for you to get that invite right into your hands. So make sure you go sign up, freshstartfamilyonline.com. And thanks for being here, you guys. Thanks for caring so much about your kids, about your family, and just investing in your family legacy in all the ways that you do so by listening to this podcast, by being a student of Fresh Start Family programs, by just caring so much. We see you, we admire you, and we are always over here cheering you on. With Without further ado, help me welcome Janine to the show. Well, hey there, I'm Stella. Welcome to my mom and dad's podcast, The Fresh Start Family Show. We're so happy you're here. We're inspired by the ocean, Jesus, and rock and roll, and believe deeply in the true power of loving kindness. Together, we hope to inspire you to expand your heart, learn new tools, and strengthen your family. Enjoy the show. Well, hello there, families, and welcome to a new episode of the Fresh Start Family Show. I am so excited to have my friend and colleague, Janine Holleran, with us today, who is going to be talking to us about how we can have healthy coping skills for ourselves as parents and also for our kids. Welcome to the show, Janine. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me, Wendy. I'm super excited to be here and chat. Oh, nice. And I purposely introduced you as my friend because you know what? We met just a few weeks ago when you interviewed me for your show. And I find this happening all the time now. I'm just so, I feel 
like almost overwhelmed in the best way with how many people I'm meeting this year that are doing wonderful work in the same space, supporting parents, supporting families. And so many times we get on an interview and I'm just like, I adore you. You are fun. You're just, I love your personality. And I just felt like hanging out with you for an hour was just like having coffee and and getting to know a new friend. So, but I am very thankful for the work that you do in the world, Janine. I let listeners know about you in the intro to this show, but will you tell everybody a little bit more about your story? How old are your kids? How did you get into this work? What makes you so passionate about serving families in this capacity? What do you do on a daily basis? All that good stuff. Tell listeners um, all about you. Oh my goodness. So I do, I am a mom. I have a 14 year old girl and an 11 year old boy. They are both in middle school and gosh, it is shenanigans city over there at the end of the school year. But I am also a licensed mental health counselor. So I've been working with children and teens and their families before I even had my own family. And so I was doing that work, worked a lot in schools, actually worked a lot in private mental health settings, running social skills groups. And I always had this passion for helping kids figure out what their coping skills are to the point where like, even when my, my boss, my principal several years ago, in one of my last school positions asked me, what do you want to do with the kids? Like, what do you, what's your overall goal? And I said, I want to teach them all coping skills. I want them to learn what they need in order to go up into sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. I was the fourth and fifth grade counselor. So I wanted to make sure like they're leaving a little nest of like elementary school and going into the big, bad world of middle school. And I wanted them to have coping skills. So that actually has been my passion for a very long time. Even like in graduate school, I always was looking for new coping skills. So over time, you know, things shift a little bit as a person when you have babies. (laughs) So my priorities shifted, my life shifted, what I wanted to do with my world shifted. So I ended up figuring out it's starting a business, starting Encourage Playing Coping Skills for Kids, where I really was focusing on helping families, educators, real support kids and helping them figure out what those coping skills are. So I've been doing that. I'd, I'd say I started coping skills for kids in like 2015, 2016. And it started with a checklist. And then I kept looking for this book that I couldn't find anywhere on the shelves. And my husband's like, you've been talking about coping skills for as long as I've known you basically. So why don't you just write the book already instead of like looking for it? Nobody else is yes. writing it, girl, you do it. And so... <laughs> I did. I did with my husband's encouragement, wrote it in my living room, in my dining room, in my local library. That is really what was the basis of coping skills for kids. And it's just grown organically since then. And I love hearing stories of families, especially like even over the pandemic and COVID, people have said, you know, this has helped us so much. It's been tremendous to be able to have some resources, some just some ideas, just some practical tips that we can use. So that that is my passion along with raising my children. And I still do have a very small group of private clients that I see. They're small, but mighty. They, I love nice. them. And I, I was explaining to one of my moms the other day, she's like, I know you don't have a ton of time. And I said, listen, I chose to keep my client list small so I can read the 504s, attend IEP meetings, listening when you call me. I want to be able to do that. If I had 20 clients, I couldn't, but I have a few. And so I can really dig in with you. And if there's a problem, you call me and we'll figure it out together. And I love, I love being able to do that. So that is what I do. That is awesome, Janine. So these days, that group of private clients that you have, they're reaching out to you because they just want support all around, or is it, you know, that, you know, kiddos having trouble in school or, or they're like, not just, they're not connecting or misbehavior. Like what is your average, not average client or what is, what do your clients look like these days? So there's a lot of anxiety, actually. Okay. There's yeah. a lot of anxiety that is and interwoven with that anxiety is ADHD. It's like nice yep. little flavor there. And then the other thing that I'm noticing is like sometimes with my like younger female clients, it's like helping them find their voice. It's almost awesome. like they it's yeah, it's it's very it's been very cool to do that work of like it's okay to have feelings and name them. It's okay to stand up for yourself. But like, what is assertive versus aggressive versus like passive look like? What does that look like? And how do you get to that point where it's like cozy, comfy, and you can get your needs met, but you're not like overwhelming or being like, it's not, 
it's not too overbearing, but like you're being confident, like having that confident body stance and being able to say what you think and not feel like you can't have a voice. You need to have a voice. Gosh, I want you to use it. You have a fantastic one. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, I'm super pumped about the work that I'm doing with some of my younger female clients that I haven't, I've, I've been working a lot with older teens who have their voice <laughs> and boys who like just have a lot of energy. So it's kind of fun to also do this work with like girls who are like trying to find a way to speak and to be heard. <laughs> oh, I love that. And so you work with both kiddo and parent or mostly with kiddos? Mostly work with kiddos, but the kiddo work is always interwoven with the family work. I will say I see them at their houses because it's it's actually you get a quicker connection with the families that way and the children they open up a little bit better and a little bit yeah. more quickly because they're you're they're comfortable. They're in a comfortable spot. I also get to see family dynamics. So even though I am working with an identified client, I can say, okay, so I'm noticing this or, or if they're having a problem, like, I don't know, we're having a problem with like morning routine. Can you help us with that? So yeah, I'll help make a checklist for morning routine. I'll even help the other kiddos again, because I can do that. I have the time. So amazing. one of my new clients, she has like a whole checklist and we used something that she, you know, we're trying to think of things that are going to be incentivizing for her. And then my, the, her little brother saw it and he was like, I would really like one Janine. And I said, well, I will make you one buddy. Like, absolutely. I'll make you tell me what you want it to be and I'll make it. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. Oh, I can imagine just what a blessing you are to these families. And I love that you just have a, a small amount so you can really pour into them. Oh, that's beautiful. And Janine, talk to me about your own motherhood journey. You know, we have the same age kids, right? So we started this whole wild and wonderful ride of parenting about the same time. And how does it look like for you to to use this work in your own life? How, like, I, I know for me, it's, I just cannot even imagine what life would be like, especially having a teenager, right? And our our little ones are almost 12 now. But I mean, it's just the other day I was like, oh my gosh, Stella was just like telling me so much that I think the average teen is not telling their parents. And I'm just like, gosh, this is, this work is just amazing. Right. So just talk to me a little bit about like your own journey. How have you been blessed by it? Like, was there a rocky spot that caused you to lean into this work heavier? Like that kind of stuff. I always like to hear your personal side of things. Oh yeah, absolutely. So babies were super fun. Like I just yeah. <laughs> loved that baby time. Like I still remember like, like my, I knew, I kind of knew my son was going to be the last one. Right. And so I would just like, he would nap and people would be like, you probably need to put him down. I'm like, yeah, that's true. And then I just keep holding him while he napped. Yeah. Like, I, like, I don't, yeah, I'm going to just sit in the rocking chair and like, enjoy this like mom son moment. Mm-hmm. Like we were having a blast. Right. And then toddlerhood hit and I was like, wow. And developmentally, I knew this was going to happen, right? Like I knew that they were going to like want to put their own personalities out there. They were like, this is developmentally appropriate. Why and no, I get it. And I never realized how frustrating it was. Like I would be talking with families and I would be doing the, so like having worked with families before and working through some of those really challenging stages. And then when I got to those stages myself, I was like, oh gosh, I wish I could go back. I wish I could go (laughs) back and have more compassion because I don't think I realized how absolutely flooded family you can get when something is happening and you're there and it's you and you're by yourself for 12 stinking hours a day and you've got nobody, you know what I mean? So that, so that toddlerhood preschool was tough. And that's when I was like, okay, so what do I really need to be doing right now? Like as a professional, I would like, would sit with myself and be like, okay, but this is what you do for a living. So like, what do you need to do? So I structured my day differently. We added a lot more play in. So we, I had play everywhere. I rotated toys. We had a schedule where we would go out and we would play at the playground. We'd go to the library, we'd have classes, but we'd also have downtime or just like free open play. And so that really helped me get through like toddlerhood preschool. And I think it laid the foundation for like, First, like, just let's have fun together as a family, but also the, like, let's talk about our emotions. So we watched Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. We watched Nihau Kailan. We read and we talked about emotions as little kids, when they were little kids. I had the zones of regulation up in my house, especially when my son was struggling. Like we talked about feelings and emotions all the time. And so I think it's made it 
easier as they've gotten older to have to open the dialogue about what's going on. So they get home from school and I get all the dirt about what happened in middle school. Like somebody did something wrong. This thing happened. Somebody got suspended. Like, and, and they'll tell me all like the nasty dirt, like somebody offered me drugs to do, you know, like, (laughs) but like vaping, weed, all of it. Yep. But you know what? I, I am so thankful that they come home and tell me that because I yeah. like, it's not a judgment thing. It's not a like, and, or if something made them feel uncomfortable or if some, somebody was saying something or sent them something that didn't make them feel comfortable, they'll be like, I just want to show you this because it just makes me feel a little bit. And I want to make sure that, you know, and I'm like, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that they, yeah. that we started the conversations earlier so that they feel comfortable and confident to keep talking. And yes, that means sometimes I'm listening to them talk about Minecraft or video games that they play, but that makes it easier for them to say, and then this kid was vaping in the middle school. And now I, I, like, I just don't know where to go or what to do. Do I see guidance? Do I go to the assistant principal? Where do I go? You know? Yep. It's so cool to hear that you've got like a similar thing going on now, right after using this work. And I I can imagine you also use beautiful teaching-based discipline in your home, being what who you are and what you do, Janine. And it really is just, it's flooring me recently to see. And just like I was having a conversation with my my daughter, my 14-year-old about it the other day as she's telling me stuff. And you know, you got to watch it to make sure you don't come in like, well, you know, yeah. like you're analyzing their their buddies or their friends or whatever. Cause she she'll say to me, she'll say, Mom, no, please don't judge them and please don't yeah. don't think badly of them. And they don't want to hear us go into coach or counselor mode. Right. So you have to like <laughs> you're like working on yourself as you're yeah. you're, you're you're actively listening and just thanking yeah. them. But but I really was just blown away and really thinking to myself, wow, this is a big difference. Like, what is it? I've been asking myself all week, what is it exactly that is causing this child to really stand apart from the crowd, right? Like, I mean, she's got a lot of friends right now who are engaging and getting in trouble and all this stuff. And, and it just... I just know that it's all this work, right? Like I could put, we could put our finger on a a million different things, but yes, the social, the emotional component, the, the connection component, the regulation, the coping, which we're going to talk about today, the ability to like deal with the uncomfortable feelings when you are someone who says, no, thanks. I'm good. I don't want that or that. And yes, yes. And I can still hang out in this space and not be threatened or feel like I'm not good enough. The belonging, the power, the value, all of it. I'm just like, wow, this, this work is, is powerful. And it's creating these little humans now that are big humans that, you know, young adults that really can stand on their own two feet and know that they're supported with their family and that they belong in their home and that they are valued and they have power. And, oh, it's so good. So enough about that. That was just, that's what's been on my heart this week. And it's so cool to get together with you who are the same age kids and you're seeing and feeling the same thing in your home. And I do think it's, it's, it compounds over the years, the work stacks. And then all of a sudden you have these young adults who are really do stand apart from the crowd. Yeah. Let's chat for a hot sec, openly and honestly about what your discipline toolkit looks like in your home right now. If you're anything like most parents, you're relying on the hand-me-down set you inherited. Timeouts, spankings, threatening of spankings, taking iPads away, three, two, one countdowns, groundings, taking away toys, e-bikes, iPhones, any or all of those kind of tactics that create a total relationship strain and don't even work long-term to end your child's misbehavior for good. Meaning you might spank your child or send them to timeout today for being air quotes mean to their sister or disrespecting you, but then three days from now, they're repeating the same misbehavior, which causes you to flip your lid because you know they know better. I want to help you learn a new way so you can end the vicious cycle that's keeping you stuck as a parent and causing you to feel super frustrated that nothing is working to get your strong-willed, stubborn child to behave better. 
My team and I have recently completely refreshed our Compassionate Discipline Quick Start Learning Bundle to help you learn a new way to teach your kids important life lessons, a new way to help your children learn from their mistakes and take responsibility for their actions. You can just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, and I'll personally send you a message with a link to download this free bundle. I'm going to help you shift out of a punishment mindset and into a compassionate discipline one where you fully trust that connection-based, firm and kind discipline tools are all you need to be a strong leader in your home who holds your kids responsible when they misbehave, but does it in a way where they are learning the vital life skills they are missing when they mess up. So again, just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free bundle now. I am so excited for you to shift out of feeling guilty and shameful when you lay your head on your pillow at night and shift into feeling confident and proud of the way you handled yourself as a parent, even when you were wildly triggered and upset about the mistake your child made. Okay, I'm excited for you to dive into this free resource. I'll see you in my DMs and inside the free discipline bundle. It's kind of cool to watch. And then I'm like, think, I mean, I, I want to be like, how do I make this happen for other people? Because yes. I want them to know, like, it doesn't have to be this combative upset. Like having a teenager is not awful. Teenagers are beautiful. And like, yes, they have, they are full of snark and I but appreciate that. Yeah. And that like, <laughs> know that that's what they're supposed to do and know that yeah. they are like that we're raising them. Like we're raising them to fly on their own. And if they can have these like lovely, deep conversations with somebody who genuinely cares about them and has their well-being at heart, but like knows that they know that they can say stuff and know that we're not going to be like jumping down their throat or trying to get like, you need to do this. You need to do that. No, I'm just listening right now. Like, do you need help? Like I'm I'm able to listen or do you need problem solving skills? Like I can help you problem solve it, but I... Like, I want you to be able to do that on your own. Cause like, I'm not going to be there when you're in college. <laughs> like, yeah. So yep. please know how to do it. Learn, let's learn how to do it now in a safe space. Now, if I just had the same radical, magical results when it comes to like house chores, oh. <laughs> like, I look at that and I'm like, dang it. I don't know all the work that we practice and we teach. I'm like, for some reason, the I don't know, in our house, I'm like, that is our main thing these days. I'm like, can you please just hang up your towels and take your dirty dishes and make your bed? And then I was just telling myself this morning, Wendy, this is life is not about that. Just, you know, I was like talking myself off the ledge of like being so angry about the resistance, you know, and I'm like, teenagers, they're just, you know, they got bigger fish to fry than uh, picking up their shoes and hanging up their backpack. So, but <laughs> I know that so, without, <laughs> Oh, it's such a challenge. Like I, there are rooms I go in and I'm like, I'm just going to close my eyes and yeah. you can just give me the thing that I need to get. And then I'm going to back away. And then maybe <laughs> let's talk about cleaning this, this weekend. Cool. Cool. Yes. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm a big work in progress with that department, but that's okay. Let's talk about coping skills. Will you Tell us a little bit about what coping skills are. Because honestly, Janine, as we were coming to this conversation this morning, I realized that I have always viewed coping skills as like something unhealthy. Like whenever, not unhealthy, let me think about this. So when I say, oh, I'm just coping, it seems like more of like a survival thing, right? But I'm realizing, especially as we were chatting about coping, like before we we did this and all the information you gave me about what you love and are passionate to, to teach and support with, it's it's different. It's not just survival. It's not just getting by. So tell me, what are what are coping skills? Oh, absolutely. It's so interesting that you say that because part of my the way that I think about coping skills is they are ways that you deal with big emotions, challenging situations, challenging thoughts, difficulties in life. How are you dealing with it? How are you coping with it? And I tend to put the I, I can I divide coping skills up in a few different ways. But one of the things I often talk about is healthy coping skills versus unhealthy coping skills. So like there are coping skills where you are 
you know, wanting to make sure that you are doing things that are not going to be hurting other people, hurting yourself or hurting property. So those are, that's my definition of, of help healthy, because I just don't want anybody to be harming themselves or harming others. Because sometimes what people will say is like, well, the way that I cope is like, I, you know, for sometimes for parents, it might be like, I use alcohol or I, you know, those are the things that, and while I am, a huge fan of, of wine. Don't get me wrong. I lived in Sonoma <laughs> County for a long, and I love, like I could talk about, you know, until the day dies, but like, so I'm not saying don't drink, but I'm, what I'm saying is I like to make sure that I am showing my family other ways that I am dealing with my emotions in a safe and healthy way. So if I am feeling yep. stressed out, like I'm going for a walk and I say that out loud, I'm going to go for a walk because I need to take a break. I'm going to go lay down because I need, I need to rest my brain for a little bit. I'm going to play video games because it's going to give me a break, my brain a break because I've been working really hard. My daughter actually said to me once over, like at the beginning of COVID, it was, I was stressed out about a lot of different stuff. And she's like, mommy, I think you need a break. Like you just, I think you've been working too hard. And you know, she just, she's, you know, it's like out of the mouths of babes, like you, you're trying to model and then you realize like, oh gosh, like that's a really good, nice reflection. Thank you. Yeah. So let's go play a game together. Let's go do something fun. I like to read. I like to bake. I like to cook. So having those different strategies that I can use is helpful. I also still have a glass of wine. Like I'm not going to lie and say I don't. I enjoy yeah. wine very much. And so, but I don't, that I try not to use that as a way of coping or a main way of coping. I, I just really like how wine Cabernet goes really well with steak. Like, I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I enjoy that piece of it. So that's, I think about coping in terms of like trying to make sure that you are walking through whatever challenge you're facing and you're making it out the other side. You're going to have big feelings. You're going to get angry. You're going to, so there are going to be times when you're full of rage. Your kids are going to be full of rage. You're going to be really yeah. sad. You're going to be so feeling brokenhearted, but how do you walk through that and make it out the other side in an okay place where you haven't destroyed things around you? <laughs> and that's what I want. Yes. <laughs> yep. And yeah, a lot of times it can be like the unhealthy side of things is like destroying your own health. Of course, there's things that you can do or say to get through anger or hurt that is hurtful for others, for sure. That's clearly something we all can relate with. The thing, the times you've yelled or said something really shameful or like said something you regret, but then it is so many times that it is something that it can be hurtful to yourself, right? Like a lot of times when we'll say like, I need a drink or you have three glasses of Chardonnay instead of one. It is like, it is, it turns into that unhealthy coping. And it's funny you mentioned wine because I have been on a journey this last year. I found an emotional eating and drinking coach that has really been beautiful to, to lean into. Yeah. If I'm going to drink my wine, which I love, I love that you, you love your wine too. It's like, I do love wine. It really makes me happy. I swear. Yeah. But it, I've, I want to be nurturing my thoughts and first, like you said, doing something, if it's been a long day to bring myself down, to at least be in a neutral place to then say, now I'm going to enjoy this just because I enjoy it. And it does, I call it the hot tub. It does feel like a little hot tub sometimes, like your shoulders just relax a little bit, but I'm not going to go straight into stress mode into, oh my gosh, I need a drink and I need this. I think of that with the unhealthy side of anything, right? Hurt, anger, big challenging situations. Like you can either choose someone out and it's like a way to cope with the hurt or anger, or you can actually learn how am I going to cope with this, these big emotions in a healthy way, and then choose a response that's not going to hurt others. It's not going to hurt myself. And it's going to help this move through. So that's kind of what I, what I think of when you say that stuff. So that's beautiful. Okay. And talk to us about how parents can help their kids figure out what will work for them. So I will t share with you what I use with my clients and what I've been using with schools and my own children. I use the coping skills checklist, which I created. That was one of the first things that I created. I start, I try to gather some good variety of strategies. So I divide coping skills up further uh, outside of healthy and unhealthy. Within the healthy category, I have several different categories because sometimes there are kids like my movers and shakers, my kids with ADHD, they need to move. They, they really 
respond well to sensory. So the, those are two, strat, two styles of coping that I include on all of my checklists. Then I have relaxation. Those are the things that we typically think about when we think about coping, I think sometimes like deep yeah. breathing, grounding techniques, mindfulness, distraction, which is play and fun activities. That's also a, a style Ooh, that I, I like, like that. Oh yeah. I'm all about play. That is like, that was my first business. And that is my first love because there, there is such power in play. And I think we don't harness that enough as a society, as adults, as kids, as schools. So I love to incorporate play and then processing, which is really about like identifying where you feel things in your body. Like, where do you feel stress? Where do you feel anxiety? I, making a plan for what's going to happen the next time, journaling, writing it out, you know, getting it out on paper to make it so that you are able to sort of process through to think through what are those things that are causing me all or what's happening and what can I do the next time? How can I shift my focus, shift my thinking, change the way that I reacted so that maybe it goes in a little bit different direction the next time that makes me feel a little bit better. Mm, I love that. Is is that checklist something that your clients get when they work with you or is it a download that people can grab or... It is a download. So it's actually, if people sign up for the newsletter, it, it, I have a whole like coping skills starter kit and that's one of the first pages of it. And so when I work with my clients, I actually go through it. I just, I onboarded a couple of clients recently and you know, one was really struggling with coping. And so we did this. This is the, so we went nice. through the checklist. We did all, we did relaxation one week. We did distraction another week. And then he got really excited and he's like, I want to do the rest of it. So we did the rest of it the next week. And then I gave him this like wonderful list where it's all the things that he checked off. So when people go through the checklist, you actually check off the things that work for you, things that you do right now that are strategies you can use. You cross off the ones that don't. Now, working with children, I know that kids tend to cross, like you always have those cross offers. And I'm like, nope, (laughs) only, only if you've actually tried it. Like, have you tried yoga and no, it doesn't work. Like, have you actually tried it? If you have tried it, I know it doesn't feel good for your body, cross it off. Otherwise, let's give a circle to something. Let's circle it so it's something that we maybe want to try and add to our coping skills toolbox. So he saw that list and he was like, I have so many coping skills. And I was like, yep, you do. But it's just a matter of figuring out, like to first figure out what they are, like to have a list of them. And then the next big step is like in the moment to be able to use one. Because that's where the rubber beats the road. Like you can talk all you want about coping skills. And when kids are calm, they're like, yes. And they'll they'll try it. And that's a good time to try and practice. But it's like really when the rubber meets the road, when they're like, oh gosh, here's an anxious moment. What do I do now? How do you get them to like look at the list or figure out a strategy to use? And that's where I like to use visuals, especially for my littler ones. So I will have them like pick their top three or top five coping skills and we'll make visuals for them. So then that one, they'll keep them on the fridge. They'll keep them on a ring at schools. They used to like keep them inside like their desk or even on their desk. If they were like cool with that, some kids don't really care if other kids know that they are using coping skills. Some kids do, some kids don't. And the kids that don't care, they're like, just put them on my desk and I'll pick. (laughs) So yes. And so then they sort of have some agency and ownership of it. And then when they're in that fight, flight, or freeze, and they can't really hear us talking anyway, then they can actually utilize the strategy and they can like, by just looking at the visual. So I love using visuals. Love, love, love it. I love that, Janine. Two things. Yeah. So at the time of this recording, our Bonfire Membership Support Group, we're all studying charts and visual aids together, right? Because it really is, I love what you said, agency and ownership is really a big deal for kids, especially if you have power kids or strong-willed kids, right? Who just thrive off of my kids when they were little, Stella especially, but you know, one used to say me do it. And then the other one was like, my do it, my do it. I never forget that little, you know, the little language things they have. And you're like, oh, so cute. My do it, my do it. But it really does make such a difference, right? The proactive piece of like, hey, we're going to learn about this in a calm time when your brain is able to actually process what I'm teaching you. You're not in that amygdala state or fight, flight, or freeze. We're going to practice it. But then you're in charge. You are in charge. And that is, you know, when we were talking earlier about why our girls and why our kids are the way they why they're able to be different than other kids. I swear that this is a huge part of it. And Stella did say this. She said, mom, 
You've empowered me from a very young age to be in charge of myself. Like no one's, you know, it's like, it's just another way that someone's not controlling you. So traditional parenting or, you know, many, the majority of kids, let's say they, they are just in an environment where there's external controls. So it's like, if you're freaking out, well, you're, you will get threatened till you're scared to stop freaking out. Or if you're, you know, crying, like you're going to get shamed into like, there's nothing to cry about. Like, please like stop crying. Don't be a wuss, you know, boys don't cry all the things like someone will make you stop crying. Someone will like, that's just the way it is. And so I look at like where my, our, our older girls are and I'm like, so I'm going to guess 75, at least 80% of kids are being raised in that capacity where they, they spend all these years being controlled. There's not a lot of agency and ownership, a lot of punishment, right? Like, and then they get to a point where they have some, some control of things and they're like, I am going and I'm smoking weed and I'm vaping in the bathroom because you can't do anything about it. Yep. I don't know. It's just another element, right? But agency and ownership, I see such magical results with kids because what you mentioned, Janine, is so important. That part where it is like, okay, uh-oh, Migdala's lit up. Mom and dad's got some big emotions. You've got some big emotions. And you know, we hear often our questions that come in in the bonfire are, okay, cool. My kid is like, I can do this in a calm time, mom, but it feels like I literally can't do it when I'm lit up. And they don't use those, that language when I'm like freaking out, it just feels impossible to sit down and breathe or whatever. So I, I can imagine your checklist and what you teach clients is, okay, well choose probably the ones that are the most easiest. If sitting down and breathing, taking deep breaths is not something that feels like it's doable for you, then choose something else, right? But you get to choose, you get to have ownership of that. And I can imagine that really helps in the moment if they're in charge, if if the language is very clear that they are in charge and they get to choose. Oh yeah. And it's so helpful because I... I think a lot of times there are, there's some really great research around, obviously deep breathing is powerful. Mindfulness is powerful, but like, especially for kids who their bodies tend to move a lot, they want to move in order to calm. So to try and help them figure out what are some ways I can move that feel safe and good and aren't going to be like injurious to other people around me, but help me get some of this excess energy. Because a lot of times, like, especially when there's a lot of anger, like there's a lot of energy that flows through your body. So you got to get it out. So sitting down is like, like, that's like not going to help. It's not going to help. So I used to actually have my son run around our house, not inside our house, like literally run the perimeter of our house outside. So, you know, safe boundary, but like he got that, some of that energy out, he would do jumping jacks, wall pushups, doing something that would move and get the energy flowing out of his body so that he was able to come in and be a little bit calmer. And like, let's have a conversation now let's talk about it. But like in that moment when their body is like full of that, to be able to help them figure out like, oh, there's other things I can do. There's other strategies I can use. And honestly, sometimes it depends on the feeling. Like if you're feeling anxious, sometimes breathing is a thing that needs to happen. If you're feeling like sad, you know, it all, it depends on your, what you, what works depends on the emotion and where you are. Like, you know, taking a nap at school isn't going to work, but taking a nap at home is completely cool. So that's why I like kids to have a lot of different strategies. And, and I, again, I love that, the ownership piece of it, because the whole point is we want them to grow up and do this on their own. We want them to be able to do it on their own when they're faced with really big challenges and big consequences might happen if things don't go in a way that feels good. And just to your point of like, you know, the control, it feels like for families, a lot of a child's life is controlled. They can, you control the schedule, you control what they eat, you control what they do all day long. So where can they have some agency? And so I always try and say like, do they have to do all those sports? Do they have to do everything? Can he, can they like take a break? Can, where can they have some like, choice in what they can do. So they, so they get that feeling of like, I have power. I like, I can say, I really want to do this camp versus that camp. I really want to do this after school activity versus that after school activity. I want to do this club, not that club, trying different things, exploring different options, because it's, I think so easily for parents, it's like, well, they're sort of like living the life that I imagine for them. 
versus like the life that they really want. Like, yeah. <laughs> so. Yes. And all of those choices over time, it's like they settle into a little one's soul and they just feel honored and respected and, yeah. and empowered. And it just, it, it just, I'm realizing now more than ever how much that stacks up. Yeah. The, the energy, getting the energy out with anger has always been such an interesting one for me because, you know, my life coaching side of things, it's like, we have had some really great conversations around like, well, anger is always meant to be felt, but not always expressed. Right. And like, sometimes it's like, cool, teach your kid to punch a pillow. But at the same time, I don't know, man, do we want to teach our kids to punch pillows? So it's like, it's an interesting thing. Right. But one of my girls that's in my certification program to become a parenting coach in the Fresh Start Family Approach, she has her little, she saves her egg cartons and lets her little girl who has a lot of experiences, a lot of anger and a lot of rage. She lets her rip up the egg cartons because it's just recycling. And last week she asked for it. She like was fighting with her sister and her mom was like, I'm going to set a firm boundary. Just we're not going to go to this pool thing. You know, it's like, I need your girls to keep your hands to yourself or we're going to need to come home and remember. And she had to follow through. And her little one was so upset and so mad. And this mama really was able to succeed that night at staying calm and just following through. And it was such a big night for this mama because she has some history of not making it through, right? Like, you know, like going to that place we've all been where you're just like later, you go to bed at night and you're like, dang it. I really freaked out on my kid. But this night she was really able to stay calm and and just stay the course. And, you know, the firm rule is we we keep our hands to ourselves and we're not, I'm not cool with driving the damn van as you guys are clawing and drawing blood on each other. (laughs) But that night her, when her daughter was still crying and, you know, that cry where you're just like, they're can barely breathe. Like they've moved from anger And it moves into almost like regret and like, please just let us go. And she's like, I think I just need to rip some egg cartons. Can you please get me some egg cartons? And her mama was like, yes, absolutely. I'll be right back. And she, you know, she did that activity for a few minutes and was able to like use that kinesthetic energy while she was, you know, doing her little inside work. And this little girl is like four years old. She might be five now, but I mean, can you imagine if we were taught that kind of stuff at that age? Like, you know, it's, it's okay. It's okay to whatever you need to do, but it's, it's not okay to yell and hit and harm and draw blood. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Or bite. And, but it's so, it's so key. I thought it's so, it, and I know it's so hard as a mom to be in that moment, to hold the line and not lose it. And I reckon, I, I see that. I feel that yeah. I've been there to be able to say, I am going to continue to do this. And it's like, it's a lot of self-talk, you know, it's a lot, you have to like yeah. talk yourself through the moments and maybe tag out if you need to, like with a, with a partner, but to be able to sit with that and to help. I think that's amazing that she's found something like that. And I, that's what I love about coping skills. Like it does, there's no, I, I like to just have the definition of like having it be healthy and safe and not hurting other people or yourself or, uh, or, or because it makes it easier to find something that's going to be helpful. So like, if you like to trace something, if you like to trace a pattern with on your, on your hand, like just tracing squares or tracing squiggles, if you like to use a Zen garden, if you like to do yoga, if you like to do stretches, are, are those things helpful to you? And does it help you move through your emotions and get to a place on the other side? then gosh, go for it. I want you to find it. I don't really care what it is yeah. as long as it doesn't hurt people. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yes. Yep. Cleaning is a big one for me. Yep. If I always say if I can time, like <laughs> time is a funny one to have on the list, but it's just space, time. And then often if I can just clean the dang kitchen and be left alone for 15, 20 minutes, I, I have the tools to be able to process it and walk myself off the ledge. But if someone's like crowding me and trying to make me get through it faster, but like the kin, but just speaking of the, the cleaning, it's the kinesthetic. I'm very kinesthetic athlete, love to move and cleaning exercise for sure too. But one more thing too, I thought of that. I wanted to bring up that. I love this memory is I remember we had a visual aid for Stella when she was little, a chart that we created and it's so cute. Maybe I'll try to remember to put a picture in the show notes of this chart. Cause it is like nasty looking. I mean, there's like stuff spilled on it. It's like 
old cardboard from like a package that we like, it doesn't have to be fancy, right? Like we have templates and stuff in our program. I'm sure you do too, that are beautiful. But if a kid's involved and they're able to have pictures so they can see when they're little, but she she was three and a half at the time. And that was back when the days when she was freaking out. And I just thought, oh my gosh, like this is bad. (laughs) Like Something's gotta be wrong with her. Like I even Googled exorcism at some point. I'm like, is maybe she's literally possessed by a demon. Like it was so bad, but we, we had put on her list, her little chart that taking a nap, like sleeping was one way. And you mentioned that, right. And I think a lot of times parents are probably like, yeah, right. My kid's never going to take a nap. Cause my kids have always been like, no, you mentioned napping. And they're like, no, no. Right. Like anything, but sleep. Of course, when they were little, they took naps, but Long story short is, you know, she would never choose it, but we taught her like, Hey, this is one way to take care of your body. Sometimes you're just tired, hungry, thirsty. Yep. And the tiredness is like a big deal. And so sometimes you you just need your body to rest. And and so I'll never forget the day. I think she must've been six. So she had known about this chart for a while. We've been practicing all this stuff for quite some time. There had been many moments of not having success and, or having success, but in different ways. And I, she had been freaking out, having a lot of misbehavior. And I came upstairs and she had, I found her sleeping in her bed. And it was just such a sweet moment because I hadn't said to her, you need to go take a nap now or else you're not going to have any TV time. She just figured it out. And she went and crawled into her bed in the middle of the day at age seven, when that is not when kids are napping anymore. And she took a nap and it was just like, wow, this is working. It's not always instant, but you're teaching children from a very young age, like how to work with your body. Like your body is smart. Your emotions are smart. And I mean, that is one of my favorite ways (laughs) to take care of myself. And it's not that I always do it when I'm having these surge of emotions, but I do. I can think of some times where I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm so sad or I'll, I'll have a tendency to say depressed sometimes, but I'll be like, you know, I just want to go take a nap. And then you wake up and you have a fresh, a little bit of a fresh perspective. So I think it's so funny. Like we've talked the last time I think we talked, we talked about like how our lives seem to mirror each other. I am a cleaner. I am an organizer and I am a, I need alone time. Like I'm not even kidding with you like that. Yeah. I, like if I get irritated, I'm like, first thing I'm doing is cleaning the kitchen. It's like, I need the dishes, the dirty dishes <laughs> in the dishwasher. I need the table cleaned. I need the floor swept. And then I'm a better person. Like yes. then I can actually function in yep. and as long as I like, I have to have a podcast in probably listening to something about like inappropriate. <laughs> it's fine. But like, right. <laughs> but to be able to like, I need that. I need like 20 minutes to myself and I need the kitchen spotless. And then we can have a conversation. <laughs> like, yes. It's <laughs> so funny. Yes, that is so funny. And yes, I think I always add the caveat that what, you know, that's great. As long as you have the ability to get your, to get yourself through it, right? Like cleaning the kitchen for 20 minutes and getting all this kinesthetic energy out. It's awesome. And there's a lot of times you can fuel the, the thoughts that are like, this sucks. My kids, my kids entitled brat. Like you just you want to make sure that you're, you have that full toolkit, right. Of the ability to be like, Oh, this is probably just anger. This is probably just fear. Families. I have a question for you. Would you love to be able to set really strong boundaries and rules with your children and then follow through with consistency and firm kindness? If yes, listen up. I have a program called the Firm and Kind Parenting Blueprint that I'd love for you to go check out. You can learn more over at freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. Inside of this quick, easy to finish program, I'll teach you four steps to really setting those strong roles, but then following through in a way where you're using connection and firm kindness. And what I'll teach you will actually cause your children to want to cooperate with you because they truly respect you and value the rule and the boundary and understand how it serves them, not just something that they have to do or else. And it's just an incredible feeling when you go to bed at night knowing that you followed through on the rules and the strong boundaries in your home without relying on hand-me-down parenting tactics like fear, force, threats, yelling, harsh punishments that really 
really create usually fear in your household, right? We want our children to listen to us because they respect us and because they understand why being part of the team, cooperating well, respecting rules, all those things, why that feels good as a human being. We want to do those things um, in ways that cause our children to want to respect us, not just because they're scared of us or a consequence. And that's exactly what I'm going to teach you inside this program. So again, head on over to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind to learn more. But in under an hour, this program will teach you some really effective strategies on how to create agreements with your kids instead of compliance statements, which is where a lot of parents go wrong and why their children don't end up respecting the rules or the agreements that they've made. And then I'm going to teach you how to use empathy. I'll teach you how to engage your kids' critical thinking skills when you tell them to do something and they say no. And then I'm also going to encourage you to understand how to empower your children. When children feel empowered, especially strong-willed kids, they will cooperate a whole heck of a lot easier, okay? So I want you to go learn about this program and let me you know if you have any questions, freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. I interviewed Hunter Clark. Oh, yes. Last name is, yeah. Yeah. She's, she's so cool. But she had said, you know, she's just like names it like, oh, hello, fear. Hello, anger. Hello, sadness. Hello, hurt, right? Like I have, I think with teenagers, I don't know if you can relate. I'm sure you can, but hurt comes up a lot, right? Like if they're like, oh my gosh, you're so embarrassing. Or the other day I took a deep breath when Stella threw the remote over the couch and almost hit her brother. And, you know, I used to yell, used to have unhealthy coping skills, like and this time I do what's called the camel now. It's like a really deep breath. And the kids coined that phrase to make fun of me, of course. But she got, and, and I clinched my fist really tight and I just like shook a little bit, but I didn't yell. I didn't shame. I didn't do all this stuff. And she looked at me and she's like, mom, that's so weird. You look, why did you do that? Why did you act like that? And I was like, and I, I was so proud of myself. I was so inspired by myself afterwards. I was like, oh, honey, I was just trying to like, I was just feeling angry in the moment and I did not want to do something I regret. I just needed a moment to like, and that's what I did like that. But a lot of times with teenagers, you know, they're, they're embarrassed of you or, you know, they'll won't want to spend time with you or, you know, like certain things that I'm just realizing, Oh, hurt is one that comes up often these yeah. days. And yep. I'm like, okay, okay. I can, I can handle this. I can, this is just an emotion. So hello, hurt. Okay. What are we going to do to, what are we going to do to cope with this and move it along? It's just yeah. an emotion. Emotions are neither right nor wrong. And yeah, you just hurt is such a fascinating one to me. Okay. Yeah. Well, let we've, okay. We have one more to cover Janine. So, okay. and maybe you're going to go into this because my question for you is about modeling, right? I can imagine it's a lot easier for kids to implement this. And maybe you're going to speak to this, but our third point that we're going to finish off with is tell us about some simple family practices to make it easier to integrate coping skills. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the first things that I always like to tell families is talk about feelings, naming feelings. It's actually a protective factor to be able to talk with your family about feelings. Research has shown that it actually is helpful and protective for kids. So to be able to start when they are little, when you're reading books, when you're watching TV shows, not even like specifically socially, emotionally focused TV shows, but just any TV show, like I would do it when we were watching like Harry Potter movies or whatever. So like to be able to talk about like, how does that feel? Like, how do you think the main character feels? How do you think just making sure that that language is part of every day? Like feel, we talk about feelings all the time and making it part of how you convert communicate with each other. Like, how was your day? Like, let's check in roses and thorns. Like, what are the good things that happened? What are the things that are a little bit tougher that happened today? How did you feel as you were going through the day to be able to just name it makes it automatically easier to self-regulate, to tame yourself, to be able to tame your emotions, work through it. So I love to start with just let's do, let's talk about emotions. Let's talk about it. And like, being able to say it out loud myself too. I model it a lot. You know, I'm feeling really frustrated with this traffic. That's always my example because traffic frustrates me like nobody's business. Yep. Like I just, I can't get over it. Like you think I would have gotten over it after like 40 years of living in Boston? It doesn't matter. I still get frustrated. And so yeah. like it doesn't, it doesn't, like it's, that's just one of the things for me that it really irritates <laughs> me. 
or like I'm feeling I like I got a lot of emails and I'm feeling really overwhelmed. So I'm going to take a little break right now. I'm going to like shut things down. I like I need to go away. Like to be able to model that for kids is phenomenal. Another thing I like families to do, and I started doing this really hardcore in COVID time when we were in lockdown COVID time, talking about gratitude, things that you're grateful for. So making a gratitude practice just at like dinner time or at whenever you have an opportunity to be together as a family. And I know that's not every dinner or every day for some families. That's just not the way that their family can work. But when you can, to be able to have a moment to sit down and say, I'm thankful for the sky. I'm thankful for, I saw this beautiful flower. I'm thankful for the new blueberry bushes at my new house. Like those are the things that I like to be able to model for them and then hear from them. Like, what are the things that you're grateful for today? Your friend who made you laugh in the middle of science class or whatever it is, you know, to start doing that. It makes a lot of, it really helps you focus on finding the good in days, because it's very easy to find bad, all you have to do is open up your web, a website and find bad yeah. these days. Just turn on the news. But to focus on the good, I think, is really helpful for families. And then the other thing, and I think you have talked about this too, like having a place and talking through those strategies that you can use in your home. So like setting up, a, I used to set up a calm space in my house, like in the corner of my my dining room was my family's calm space. So that's where they had like a couple of cozy blankets. They had some fidgets, they had some fun stuffy toys and they had the coping skills, like visuals on the wall. Mm -hmm. So, and they had also the feelings, like a feelings chart or the zones of regulation, another way of like naming your feelings. So I would have those up and that we, you know, if you were having a hard time, if you were, if things were getting a little bit starting to escalate, I'd say, do you, what, maybe it makes sense to try and use the relaxation, the calm down space, the relaxation corner, peace corner. So to be able to have that in the house was really helpful for my family. And then what I did for each of my kids, and I've done this in other places too, they each had their like coping skills toolkit. So their strategies that worked for them, that were their go-to strategies, they would have like a little kit that they would like either have in their room or by the coping skills, like corner, whatever worked for them. So they could get to those strategies really quickly if they needed to. So where's your toolkit? Let's go and look at your toolkit and see what's going to work. So it's been really, mm-hmm. it was, I, I, you know, my so daughter's good. always like, I feel like I don't need to do like any of the social emotional stuff at school. And I was like, oh, honey, yes, you do. <laughs> Cannot get out of it because your mom's a therapist. Like you yeah. need to do it. But like, yeah. and she's like, but we've been doing this since I was little. And I was like, yep, I know. Still keep working on it. I'm working on it. I work on my yes. building skills every day. So like I have yeah. a work in progress. I still am working on things. I'm still managing. I'm like, I have, I've gotten better at some things and other things have not been as well. So like we're, I'm working on it. You need to work yeah. on it too. You're not done. <laughs> I'm not done. <laughs> I just made a reel yesterday. I'm like loving these like fun audios that you find that you can make reels with on, on live oh, yeah. on Instagram. But yesterday, it was a funny one that it was like every day, not all day, every day, but every day. <laughs> and it was like, how often do we work on self-control? How often do I work on, you know, emotional, yeah. like self-regulation every day? Dang day. Yeah, I love all that, Janine. So Stella and I, when we were little, or when she when I was little, <laughs> I was I was young. When she was little, we used we always had Legoland passes because we live in Southern California and we would go to Legoland and we would make an agreement that yes, we can go to Legoland. At that time, grandma would watch baby brother. And it was just the best. Like grandma has, has just been such a blessing in our lives. But we would, I would get to take her to Legoland for these little afternoons. So, okay, we get to go, but we need to, we need, we need to play like, I forget what I would call it, the name game or something. And we would just practice saying our emotions in a non-heightened state. So it was like, yeah. I feel excited that we're getting on this roller coaster. I feel tired. I feel hungry. I feel sad that we're leaving. I feel, and I would just try to make it consistent throughout that. That was a fun way to do it in a calm time, right? Because yeah. the point is, is like, 
if you, it's like the more you practice when you're not heightened, the more likely it is to be able to do it. And so nowadays, again, as these years have stacked, it's like not always instant, right? Like it's not always like you teach your child and then two months from now, you're going to, they're going to be like, I feel mad and I'm going to walk away from my brother instead of punch him in the face. But as the years stack, you see it and you see it more and more and more. And one of the biggest ways I see it now with Stella is when we're having a conflict, she'll say to me, mama, I think I just feel scared that this is going to happen. Or I just feel, she says that one a lot. And one of my greatest mentors had taught me once. He said, Wendy, one of the biggest jobs in your life is going to be to teach your daughter how to feel scared. Because I was never taught that growing up, right? And, and I realized that I roll through life feeling that emotion a lot. But in our home, like just big brother who was like, you know, punch you in the face, punch you as you walk by and call you ugly. <laughs> and it was just like, get up. You're fine. Like be tough. I grew up in the country, like rode in the back of pickup trucks and swam in the river. Like just toughness was such a strength. And so being scared, feeling scared was such a weak thing. Right. And so it really is so beautiful to see Stella these days, just be able to say, Oh, okay, mom, I think I I said that because I just feel I'm feeling scared about this. And I mean, she'll say other things too, but she's really, really learned that skill set of that one. So I love that. And then another thing I've noticed that I like to catch in myself and help students catch too is, you know, actually changing it to I feel instead of I feel like. Because I've noticed that when we say I feel like, it often goes into a rant or a complaint or like a blah, 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 versus just like, hey, I feel blank. I feel like is like a good good sign that you're not actually feeling you're engaging with your thoughts. Okay. I love this. And last thing I was going to ask you, Janine, is when you you talked to like in that heightened state, the modeling then is really important, right? So you're talking about teaching your kids like, Hey, when you get upset, go to your peace corner, whatever. But do you find that like you, you need to tell parents like, Hey, you got to show them this. Like you can't just tell your kid, to go to the peace table and then you're modeling flying off the handle or like shaming or ranting or lecturing when you're angry. Yep, absolutely. So one of the things that I always, I heard it on a podcast from a lovely play therapist whose name I can never remember, but I remember, I remember the words and they stuck with me so well. Be the thermostat, not the thermometer. You want to set the tone. And so a lot of times I, I like when I, they were, when they were starting to escalate, I'd be like, you have to be the thermostat, be the thermostat, be the thermostat. So that was my self-talk when I was going through things, because I knew that if I escalated things, it wouldn't help. So there was a lot of work that I had to do a lot of work because it like escalation as a parent is what I was shown. And so I wanted to be able to not do that is really hard because that's not what was modeled for me. So to not do that was especially when they, it was so frustrating, but to also like recognize, like I am a work in progress. I am angry. I am angry right now. So how can I manage this in a safe way? How can I show that I want to be a good model and I want to continue to be able to be there for them and help them work through this so they don't have to do this when they are like 40, you know? It's so (laughs) So, much easier when you're young. (laughs) Yeah, isn't it? So like I took, like I would take a sip of water. I would sometimes like go to the bathroom and like take a few deep breaths and come back out. Like I, and I would say like, I'm going to go to the bathroom and take a few deep breaths. Like I legit would say that out loud to them and then I'll come back. It took a time for me to feel better and do a better job. But I did like, I would, I like, be happy with like my baby steps towards making better choices over time. And then it became easier. And it still sometimes happens like teenagers can be frustrating. And so sometimes right now as an, like a parenting teenagers, I feel like sometimes I'm like, all right, take off your mom hat, put on your therapist hat. And then like, what would you say to a client in this moment? And then I'm like, it changes. It completely changes my way of thinking. And I'm like, this is so much easier. So, (laughs) so it works. Gosh. And well, that thermostat thing is so, that's a great analogy that I feel like is really easy to remember too. Yep. It's really, it gives you a focus. It gives you a goal like to, yep. to like, cause you know, a lot of times parents will say, well, I know not what to do, but what the heck do I do? do I right. Do. Yeah. Be the thermo- thermostat is a great, like quick. So I love that. Janine, I am so inspired by your voice and your work and what you're doing in the world. Thank you. 
thank you for all your hard work and every single client and family that you pour into. Thank you for spending this hour with us. I know that listeners are going to love this episode. Will you take just a moment to let everyone know where they can find you? Sure. They can go over to copingskillsforkids.com. And that is where a lot of my love of coping skills live. So I have lots of different ideas on there, different resources. And then if people want to look into, I have some visuals that are available for download as well. So beautiful. And we will make sure that we put your book on to our shop page of the website. We've been collecting our favorite books and resources now for four or five years. And so we'll make sure we add that. Is it, is it available on Amazon? Oh yeah, it is. I oh, have perfect. the Coping yeah. Skills for Kids and Coping Skills for Teens. They're both available on Amazon. Yes. Our, most of our shop page is made up of little, you know, we just Amazon. Thank God for yeah. Amazon. I know yeah. a lot of people hate on Jeff Bezos, but hey man, I thank you for Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll make sure we add that to the website, but Janine, thanks again. Thank you. All right, listeners, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it for you. As we wrap up here, don't forget to DM me the word shift or head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free discipline quick start learning bundle. You'll get immediate access to download our extensive learning guide where I'll share five ways you can ditch the old school hand-me-down punishment mindset beliefs and thoughts that are causing you to react like a volcano volcano instead of respond like the firm, kind, respectful teacher you are at your core. And then you'll also get immediate access to my on-demand workshop where I'll teach you our three core Fresh Start family strategies that make up a strong, compassionate discipline toolkit, as well as my favorite logical consequences that not only work with kids of all ages, but do wonders to unite you with your child and strengthen your relationship, even in your kid's worst moments. So pop on over to Instagram right now and just shoot me a DM with the word shift and I'll send you a personal link to download that bundle right away. Or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to get access immediately. All right. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you inside that free bundle and also inside the next episode. For links and more info about everything we talked about in today's episode, head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash 152. For more information, go to freshstartfamilyonline.com. Thanks for listening, families. Have a great day.